everyone, welcome to another Library Girl and Book Boy podcast. Today I am interviewing writing and real life partnership, Katie and Kevin Sang, about the latest instalment in their brilliant Sam Wu series, and this time Sam Wu is not afraid of spiders. Well, he's braver than I am. I've also got some other funny recommendations. I hope you enjoy. Before you listen to the interview, I just want to apologise for the fact that I sound something like a robot throughout. Luckily, Katie and Kevin sound absolutely perfect, and as they are the ones saying the interesting things, I think you'll still enjoy listening to what they have to say. Right, hello everyone. Today we are very lucky because I am talking to Katie and Kevin Sang. Hello there, guys. Hi, thanks so much for having us. Thanks for coming on. It's, I always appreciate people giving up their time to chat with me about their books. Yes, of course. Very happy. Brilliant. Thank you. So talking of books, there is a new Sam Wu live and wild in bookshops. Would you like to tell us a little bit about what Sam Wu is definitely not afraid of this time? Of course. So this is the fourth Sam Wu and it is Sam Wu is not afraid of spiders. So yeah. Which I know some people feel semi-strongly about. Yeah, we've had a lot of grown-ups be like, I can't even look at the cover. I'm like, it's just an illustration of a spider. Um, But we think this one might be the one that is the uh, most polarizing. Um, And in Sam Wu is Not Afraid of Spiders, uh, a tarantula goes missing named Tulip. A tarantula named Tulip goes missing in school. And Sam and his friends decide that, of course, they're the only ones brave enough to try and track down this missing tarantula. It's, It's up to them once again. Um, and I think it's fun, too, because it's the, the first one set at school, mainly. Or at least the, the fear is set at school. Yeah, no, I, I, like, I like the school setting, but I'm not convinced about going hunting for a tarantula on the loose. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. So, um, where are these books based on any of your own real-life fears? And if that's the case, um, who is afraid of spiders? Well, I'd say between the two of us, Kevin is definitely much more of a scaredy cat in terms of the things that Sam is afraid of. Yeah, there have been a few incidences or incidents for me with spiders, but um, I, I have to say I'm, I'm terrified of sharks. So that's a that's a real fear of mine. And we did because there was a lot. We did a lot of research for Sam. We was not afraid of spiders. And um, so there's a lot of real life spider facts in there. So, again, for any spider fans or um, arachnophobes, it's perfect. Um, and actually learning more about spiders. Uh, simultaneously made us feel less afraid of them. Like things like, you know, even the poisonous spiders like a black widow um, and brown recluse are actually very rarely, rarely deadly. But at the same time, tarantulas can like spit out these, um, their hairs actually like can like fly into your lungs and your eyes as this kind of like defense tactic. So that was scary. We watched a lot of videos of giant tarantulas, which was moderately terrifying. It's nuts. Yeah, we saw a tarantula eat a bird, not in real life, but on video. Oh my goodness. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah so I guess I, I even though I'm not afraid of spiders I don't think I would want to wake up with a tarantula in my bed that's quite sensible <laughs> well people have them as pets which is you know impressive yeah weird <laughs> in my personal opinion with spiders and sharks um are any of you afraid of ghosts um no you know growing up um there were a lot of movies and a lot of legends that you know my family had around 
ghosts. Uh, so that, we thought that was maybe, well, for me at least, that was it was fun to write from that perspective and uh, including, you know, the, the different types of ghosts that there are. Uh, but I don't think I've ever been really afraid of ghosts. Yeah, same. I think, um, you know, it's, I'm more of the kind of spooky, fun things of ghosts. Like, you know, when I was younger, like playing a Bloody Mary in the mirror and that kind of thing, but never like a, a full-on, full-on fear. So your books kind of provide provide therapy for you in a way to overcome and work through your your own personal fears. Yeah, exactly. Now we have a lot of fun coming up with the fears. It's one of the most fun parts of the process. Brilliant. I'm going to ask you about that a bit later. Um, how you actually collaborate on writing together, but we'll come to that later on. Um, I would like to know where the inspiration for Sam Wu character originally came from. So originally, um, I used to work at the reading charity Book Trust, and I helped manage a program uh, called Letterbox Club, which sends um, books to parcels of books to children in care. And part of my job with that is to read was to read and review um, a lot of books for uh, that same age range for Sam Wu. And while I was reviewing those and um, you know doing test focus groups with kids, I saw how much kids respond and engage to funny books and what impact they have. Um, this was in twenty. 20- early late 2015 early 2016 um so i do think that the uh market has changed at the time the books were primarily all about little white kids um and i thought oh these you know these books are so funny and get kids so engaged you know it'd be great to um you know i'd love to write a book like this but maybe with a a more diverse protagonist and i knew that kevin uh was much more in touch with his inner eight-year-old than i was um and also would kind of have the right humor uh for for those books you do have to be i think pretty funny to write for that age group um and in my own writing that I do by myself for YA, um, you know, it's a lot more about like heartbreak and family drama than just uh, making making kids laugh. Although that said, I do love funny YA too. Yeah, I mean, uh, funny is really hard to write. And kids, if it's not funny, they won't read it. They don't, they're not polite about it. So yeah, exactly. And when I pitched it to Kevin, I said, you know, because I really trusted Kevin as a writing partner because he was always really involved in my own YA and always uh, really supportive and gave feedback that I really trusted. So I said, do you want to do this project together? Yeah, and I, I was always really excited um, about the project from the start. And I think for with, with the Sam books, you know, it took we spent a lot of time figuring out who Sam was and what his voice was. And I think a lot of the fun comes from, you know, Sam just having such a wild imagination. And Sam definitely came first. We knew we wanted to have it be about a, um, uh, a little Chinese boy. And, um, you know, we knew his family dynamics, but we weren't sure what the, for- and he was going to face various fears, but we weren't sure what the format was, you know, was he going to be in a club? Um, you know, were they kind of going to be like a na- neighborhood watch? Um, so figuring out, you know, what was the impetus for him to start facing his fears was one of the harder parts at the start. But yes, yeah, Sam was always very clear. Oh, excellent. Okay. Now you mentioned uh, when you were reading books as part of your previous, you noticed that characters tended to be from the same, white ethnic background and Samu certainly been rightly praised and celebrated as featuring um uh, a Bailey character I have a focus on so strongly on family life how important do you think it is that um there's greater representation of diverse ethnicities and families within children's books I think something definitely important I'll let Kev touch on it a little bit more but I think for us something that was important with Sam was the book that it wasn't about him being Chinese if that makes sense he just kind of is Chinese but yeah. he we wanted you know all children to be able to relate to Sam and then we were going to put some kind of cultural touchstones in there for kind of you know so his family life and the things that maybe um he you know things he has for dinner at home yeah I think it's um it's really important and it's uh, I think it's important for 
you know, kids to see themselves in, in the books they read. I know uh, growing up, I didn't read many books with uh, you know, Chinese leads. Um, and, and when I did find one, it, you know, it was, it was surprising in a really good way. And, and I think that, um, you know, more kids should have that feeling that perhaps, you know, don't, don't have as many books up where they're featured. And it's also good for kids to read about books with kids, uh, you know, with lead protagonists who don't look like them. So I think it goes, you know, goes both ways. Agreed. Yeah, no, I agree. Definitely. Um, Sam, well, it's not, um, actually, it's not a main feature of the story, but it is very much part of the story. And um, the age, I mean, I would say that Sam is perfect, really, for independent readers, age seven and, kind of seven and up. So that really tricky gap between children who have kind of like picture books but want something longer but the middle grade stuff is just too much for them so i think samu really taps into that kind of slightly younger chapter book age bracket oh thank you so much we really appreciate that yeah we get asked a lot about ages and we always say like um you know if you have a you could probably read it to a child who's around five or six and then mm. once they're uh you know maybe more confident um reader around seven although we get a surprising number of like kids even around age 11 reading it which I wasn't completely expecting but I think that you know it depends on what your uh reading level is and also I think that uh Egmont and Nathan Reed have done such a our, our illustrator have done such a good job of making the books look really dynamic and fun so um, yeah. they look quite chunky even though they're only about 15,000 words because they're so design heavy um they look like you know proper books I do and actually I didn't think that books should have an upper age limit anyway because I think really we all read at different levels and different and I read primarily not perhaps at my intellectual level but you know they're fantastic so I think that it's that you older kids enjoy your books as much as the slightly younger ones yeah it's nice to see it's nice to really get get a kind of a mix of of um different uh readerships and reader ages it's uh we do a lot of school visits and we like you know have a pretty wide variety of um of different age ranges hmm. yeah. um, well, i'd also like to ask because people tend to have quite varied of is there a particularly good or well managed school visit you can think of that might provide a few top tips for any other schools thinking of booking authors to come in and visit oh yeah no I don't I'm not gonna name or name and shame anyone and probably off the top of my head I couldn't remember the name of the school um I will say I tend to do more of the school visits than Kevin he wishes he could do more but uh Kevin has a pesky day job so he has a hard time getting out of that it's always the kids I will say are always a little disappointed when it's just me but this Kev you love the visits that I, you have. I love them we we hold a little workshop where there's a lot, you know, a really common question we get is about our writing process and what that's like. And so what we do is we, you know, we go through and create our own um, story with the kids, a bit of a workshop. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And we show them how we create a story as well. Um, and then as far as kind of top tips, I think just it's always nice when you go to a school that's been um, where the kids know that the author is coming and so that they're excited. Ideally, maybe they'll even like uh, been read a little bit to, of, the, of one of the books. Um, it's always great if they uh if you know working with the bookstore so if the bookstore has let the kids um and the parents of the children know that we're coming so, you know that makes book sales go easier because there's nothing more heartbreaking than having a little kid be like oh i really wanted a book but i don't have my money or i didn't know um because that's always sad for everybody and then just you know uh it's always really nice at the, when the atmosphere is really positive when the um you know we don't mind if the kids get a, a little rowdy you know we want them to be enjoying themselves i actually prefer 
prefer the kids to be enjoying themselves and uh, engaged than, you know, really scared to, to speak out because they might get shouted at by a teacher. Yeah. Fine line between and just complete pandemonium, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And we find, like I said, that the kids tend to respond really, you know, they're excited to have us there and they, uh, they respond really positively to us. And like I said, you can, there's definitely a different, um, a different feel if the kids feel confident, you know, raising their hands versus if they feel like they have to sit there absolutely silently. Mm. I think you get more out of it, don't you, if you feel free to ask questions. Yeah, absolutely. Lovely, thank you. So I just want to come back to what we mentioned about family being um, a really central thing, as well as being very funny books, they've also got family and friendship firmly um, at the heart of the stories. How much does kind of family life and the friendships reflect your own um, upbringing? Yeah, for me, um, I've got a little sister. Uh, I would say she's pretty fearless, uh, and uh, but I don't live with my grandma. I think that's more from from Katie's kind of. Um, yeah. Experience. So for anyone who's not who's listening into the podcast and isn't familiar with Sam's family setup, so he lives with his mom and his dad and his little sister Lucy, who is actually totally fearless. Um, and then they also live with uh, Sam's grandma, his nana. I mean, I didn't live with my grandma, any of my grandparents growing up, but I lived quite close to them, and my grandparents always. Uh, I was very, very close to all four of my grandparents growing up. So I really wanted to include a fun grandma character for Sam and his little sister, Lucy. And we love writing Nana. She's one of our favorite characters. Um, and then Sam having a good relationship. I, uh, I'm the oldest and I have uh, two younger siblings. Um, but it, so it was important for me for us to include a positive sibling relationship. You know, so not just like Sam being like, oh, I hate my little sister. You know, sometimes, yeah, Lucy annoys him. But overall, they have a, they have a pretty positive relationship. And Sam kind of is happy to have uh, begrudgingly happy to have Lucy kind of help out in some of their secret missions. Um, and so we, yeah, that sibling dynamic is a pretty important feature for the book. And it was also actually important for us, uh, Bernard, um, because Sam does come from a, a two, two parent family home, but one of his best friends, Bernard, we worked in that Bernard lives just with his dad, that he's from a single family, single parent home um, because, you know, there's lots of different uh, family dynamics and we didn't want to just portray, um, you know, one kind of family dynamic in the books. No, I think, it's, like you said, it's really important that children can see their own lives reflected back in what they're reading. Yeah. Um, brilliant. Thank you. So, the writing process. Now, as I, maybe I didn't mention in the beginning, um, you, as I was writing together, you are married. Yes. Still. still married, even after writing together. I know. It's amazing. So, what I would like to know is how have you managed to set up the writing process that you can get through creating and writing these books and still be talking to each other at the end of it how does it work for you two oh uh, well there's definitely a lot of patience but i think really the the thing that we really do is a lot of planning and a lot of discussing and we we have the same vision we have the same um we do do a lot of outlining for the book and then we actually really agree a, a process as well um, yeah and i think you know we had to work we had to figure it out at the start so for me writing with kevin is completely different than writing on my own I feel like, you know, writing for a different age range, it uses a different part of my writing brain and the process is just completely different. So we, you know, it took us a little while to figure it out. But like Kevin says, we spent a lot of time outlining. I think the first one took the most work just because we were figuring out Sam, as I said earlier, figuring out, you know, what the the format of his him facing fears was going to be. Um, now that we both know Sam's voice so well, um, we can both switch back and forth quite easily. And our actual 
Um, the nuts and bolts of the processes, like Kevin said, we do a lot of outlining beforehand. So we have a really solid, solid outline, um, pretty much on a chapter by chapter basis. And we spend a lot of time talking and brainstorming that to make sure we're both on the same page. Um, and then we sit down actually to write, we, um, we use our Apple TV and we put, uh, uh, so we put the text up on the screen so we can both see it. And we just literally take turns. One of us will type and one of us will kind of oversee. Um, and uh, we switch back and forth. Um, we do definitely sometimes get into heated discussions. We both really love Sam. Um, we have a rule. If we start to argue, we uh, have a five-minute timeout. And then we come back to Sam feeling refreshed. We don't, we don't apply that to the rest of our marriage, though. No, no timeouts outside of Sam. <laughs> <laughs> might be useful. Who knows? Yeah, they might work really well. Yeah. So. You meant, um, would you care to share one of the sticking points that have resulted in a timeout in the writing process? Oh, none particularly come to, to mind. Kevin tends to have more outlandish ideas, which I love, but I always feel like I have to rein him back in. Like he was in, in Sam Louis Not Afraid of the Dark, for example, he was like, wanted i think maybe you wanted sam to like fall off a cliff or something yeah it was pretty extreme and i was like these can't be at you know there's that fine line we want we want the books yeah we want the books to be fun and exciting but not like actually scary so we don't want to introduce a fear to any child if that makes sense you know we want it to be a fun way to explore fear you know they're not say like horror books so we don't want uh them to be too scary so finding that line is always uh, can be a bit tricky yeah that's right like in sam was not afraid of the dark like they go into this cave and I won't say what happens, but I wanted a lot more to happen in the cave. <laughs> yeah. So we had, uh, and I felt very strongly otherwise. So, but then, you know, we ended up did having the, the, um, the kind of compromise was we did have them go in this cave. Something does happen in the cave, but not as extreme as Kevin had initially envisioned. Yeah. Okay. I think that's probably quite sensible. Like you said, you don't want children to read your books and then develop new fears. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think the main thing is, you know, Katie having all the experience, you know, with book trust and with writing, she's, She's just got a great eye and, and, and just um, you know, knowledge about all of that. And so she's, she's good at editing me. <laughs> Sometimes I can be a bit bossy, but it's been really great because Kevin has grown so much as a writer from us doing, you know, we're, um, uh, we've done multiple books now. So that's really fun to have seen him become so much more confident as, as a writer in the books too. And you found that it's become much easier as you've gone through the different stories to actually get them together and the process has speeded up for you has it it's just gotten much we've just gotten it's they're just more fun now it feels like sam's a friend you know we feel like we know sam you know we know his character so much we know his friends um you know now in the books it's just a matter of having the different fears and the different settings we love coming up with new settings um so for example the next one after spiders is zombies and that's going to be um Part of that is set in a kind of like a natural history museum. So that was really fun. And they go to another kid's house who lives in this big, almost haunted mansion. Um, and we also love now that we've worked with our illustrator, Nathan Reed, for a couple of years, uh, we, we include things purposefully in the books that we know he would do a really great job illustrating. I mean, he would he does a great job illustrating anything. But for example, we know he's a really great character illustrator. Um, so we come, love coming up with new characters from the illustrate, although as the cast has grown, we always feel a bit bad for him when, uh, you know, there's a scene that's got like eight people in it for him to illustrate. Oh, I bet he does. Yeah, he's wonderful. We, we feel so, so lucky. He sure um, does a ha- great mustache. Yeah, he does a great mustache. He's great at everything. He does great expressions. And actually in Spiders, the one that just came out, he's done a lot of kind of almost comic book style um, double page spreads that look amazing and we absolutely love. Yeah, we got, yeah, no, I think the, so the highly illustrated style really is a kind of integral feature of your books, isn't it? It's brilliant to see. Yeah, and we love that it doesn't look like babyish, if that makes sense. You know, it's just quite, it at all, no. it's quite almost uh, 
not quite as you know like a graphic novel but it's almost kind of like that that style obviously we love his style yeah no it it is fantastic and that's why older kids enjoy reading them because as you get older you do lose those pictures naturally yeah the pictures I think so we we absolutely love them it's our favorite part of the process is when we get that you know um, Nathan's roughs and we get to see them no but that's really cool Sorry, I don't know if you're catching any babbling in the background. That's our, our little nine-week-old Evie. Yeah, our nine-week-old baby, our, our real-life baby versus our book baby. <laughs> okay, well, that brings it on very nicely to book babies. I was going to ask you what's coming next and that perhaps your process may have slowed down for a little while you adapt to this exciting new chapter in your life. Yeah, exactly. And well, since we've got, we have got spiders and then, like I said, we've got... Um, uh, zombies coming out and then hopefully um, some more Sam Woo's coming after that too so you know there's a lot of things for Sam to be afraid of so when when is the release date for Sam Woo and Zombies I think it's early next year early 2020 I believe but you know we don't we just we, we have a confirmed date yeah we write the books and then they and then we, we leave Egmont to do to do the rest <laughs> very sensible yeah but no they're so much fun we've it's they're really a joy to work on i was just wondering actually just come to me have you ever considered doing a kind of shorter picture book we would love to yeah Yeah. we would love to maybe one day um i think it'd be a lot of fun i think it would work brilliantly oh thank you we hope so at any point yeah well we'll let we'll be sure to let you know if that does happen we, we, we originally tried illustrating sam Wu when we were first came up with oh yeah <laughs> we were like maybe one of us has some like secret illustrative talents we do not neither yeah. of us do <laughs> no me neither so but i've got no writing talent either so you are way ahead oh i don't know about that i think it's probably i imagine it's probably easier to become a writer than become an illustrator i think being an illustrator i'm just an awe of you know and there's so many wonderful ones in the uk right now like obviously nathan but we i love laura allen anderson um there's so many great illustrators yeah love yeah. uh alex t smith there's tons there are lots we are spoiled for amazing illustrators i agree and i love a good illustrated book especially chapter book because like i said well grab readers yeah no they're so fun there's great no it's a wonderful um like I said, I, I love YA, but I also love writing for this age range. And the group of the, the middle grade writers are a great bunch, and we're very happy to be part of them. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. Right. Well, that brings me actually to the end of all my questions. And oh, I sense sad. that you probably need to go and attend to, to other matters anyway. So that's yeah, worked out quite well, nicely. Thank you so much for having us. It's really been a lot of fun. Yes, thank you so much. No, thank you so much for coming on. It has been great. And I look very much forward to seeing what happens with the zombies but i'm not sure i'm brave enough to delve too deeply into the spiders well we'll see well maybe we'll see well that's one of the fun things we tried to do with the books is you can read them out of order or you can you know if you're a kid who loves spiders you can read just spiders or just sharks and there is sort of an overarching uh storyline that goes from the first book onwards but um we did write them so kids could read them out of any order so it's okay if you can't face spiders you won't you know you can you can carry on and read the next one as well okay yeah i may have to bypass the spiders (laughs) sounds good well thank you so much it was so fun being on the podcast no thank you so much for coming on to you again soon hopefully all right bye bye Bye.
And now it's time for some reviews from our brilliant pupil librarian reviewers from Stenning CRE Primary School. We've got a brilliant picture book about friendship, a first chapter book, and we also have a chapter book for slightly more confident readers. Hope you enjoy their reviews. My name is Bronwyn and I am a Year 5 pupil librarian at Stenning CRE Primary School. The book I am reviewing is Mariella, Queen of the Skies by Owen Colfer, illustrated by Katie Halford. Mariella, Queen of the Skies, is about a little girl inventor called Mariella. She gets very frustrated and cross about her bedtime because it interrupts her inventing time. She therefore has to find a solution to this problem. My favourite character is Mariella because she is very creative and funny at times. I thought children aged seven and under would thoroughly enjoy this book, especially ones that like adventure stories. I rate this book four out of five for this age group. My name is Ellie and I am a year five pupil librarian at Stenning CAV Primary School. The book I am reading is Pickle Witch and Jack by Claire Barker, illustrated by Timu Jehanai. This book is a fantastically funny tale of two unlikely friends. Both new to society, they must tackle problems thrown at them at their new school, St. Immaculates for the Gifted. After Jack moves into a new house, he meets Picklewitch in the garden. They start school and Picklewitch gets Jack into a lot of trouble. My favourite character is Picklewitch because she is hilariously funny and saves the day with tremendous humour. I simply couldn't put the book down, I had to keep reading. I think it is a truly brilliant book. This book is also part of a series and I look forward to reading the next one. I recommend this book to readers aged 5 to 9 who are a fan of comedy and magic. This book is suitable for boys and girls. I rate it 4 stars out of 5. My name is Evie and I am a pupil librarian at Stilling CV Primary. The book I am reviewing is Colin and Lee, Carrot and Pea by Morag Hood. It is the story of how Lee the pea and Colin the carrot are friends despite being very different. This book is a really nice book because it shows it doesn't matter who you are, what you look like or the little mistakes you've made, you can be friends with anyone. Ignore the differences and love your friends. I love the bright and bold illustrations in the book. I would re- recommend this book for children aged 3 to 6. I would give it 4.5 stars out of 5. Well, I hope you enjoyed the interview with Katie and Kevin Sang about Sam Wu and that you found the reviews by the pupils of Stenning CV Primary useful. If you want more reviews and recommendations, you can always find me on Twitter or Instagram as at BookSuperhero2 or there's my blog www.librarygirlandbookboy.wordpress.com or you can find me on my Facebook group Library Girl and Book Boy. If you want any specific recommendations for yourself or readers you know or topics you're doing, you can get in touch with me at any of those platforms. Now, if you haven't already, you're going to want to make sure that you hit on the subscribe button for my podcast because the next episode is me talking with Jenny McClacken who is the author of The Land of Raw, which is published by Egmont. And it is also Waterstone's book of the month for August. So she has lots to tell us about that and about her book and about what she's working on 
at the moment. So remember to hit subscribe so you don't miss out. Bye! Thank you.